Hello and welcome to Wedding on a Hill, a podcast for Christian women who are engaged and, yay, planning a wedding. My name is Annie Lavi, and I'm a writer, Bible teacher, and wedding coordinator. I believe there is no time as sweet, wonderful, and sometimes overwhelming as preparing to be married. On this podcast, I'm here to help women walk through this season joyfully and faithfully, seeking first the kingdom of God. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. I hope that wedding planning is going fantastic for you wherever you are in that journey. I'm so thankful that you joined me again today. Uh, Today we're going to be diving into a topic that I, even though I personally am no longer getting married, uh, am still kind of finding myself in the middle of, and that is how do we be good receivers? You know, I think that there's a couple instances in your life when you find yourself the recipient of a lot of love, gifts, and attention, um, which is always fun, right? Uh, But it brings its own complications. Uh, One of those is obviously our weddings. You know, people are throwing showers and getting presents and you put up a registry and there's just really almost no time quite like it. Uh, The only other time that I would put being like it is actually the season I'm in right now, which is having a baby. When you have your first baby, you know, you same thing, you put up a registry and you uh, receive a lot of love, gifts, and attention. And I think that as women, there are some parts of that that naturally we love, right? Like, who doesn't love receiving presents? That's never really a bad thing. Um, But at the same time, I think that it can be kind of a funny place for us to land because we aren't used to receiving so much every day. And so the question is, how can we be people who receive really well and who receive gifts and love and attention in a way that honors God? And so that's what we are going to be talking about today. You know, I have heard before that one of the best things to do is when you're teaching on anything, if you always teach on things that you're bad at, you'll never run out of material. I might have even said that before, Um, but this is one of those places for me. And I want to say that just right up front, because like I said, I'm going through that same receiving mentality, receiving idea and wrestling with these things right now. And to be honest, I'm not great at it. You know, it is something that I find myself struggling with at times is how do I sit in a posture that is thankful and at the same time not overwhelmed and what if I find myself some days not very thankful and how do I wrestle with that and especially when I was going through the engagement process too I think that we can accidentally put a lot of pressure on the idea of are we being celebrated enough and so we ask ourselves like did enough people come to my my bridal shower? Did enough people come to my wedding shower? Did enough people give me enough gifts to show that I am loved or to prove it? And anytime we start looking to things like that and we're asking the question, am I enough? Am I loved enough? Am I thankful enough? Am I approved enough by these people? You know, this is never going to go very well. And I think that that gets really wrapped up in this idea of receiving as well as we can start to try to take things from it that we were never meant to. And that puts a lot of pressure on these poor people who are buying us presents, right? Because (laughs) they aren't made to fill that bucket. They just want to love on us. And when we start to ask them to do more than they are supposed to do, we can find ourselves in a little bit of trouble. 
Um, today I was reading actually from a book that is in the Old Testament. It's called Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to start by going to that book and actually reading a little bit of scripture uh, because it really struck me as I also, like I said, have been sitting in this season of receiving and I was processing through, Lord, how do we be people who are good receivers? Uh, it really seemed like one of the best places to start is probably to sit in humility and to recognize who we are, um, not necessarily first in relationship to other people who are giving us gifts, but first to remember who we are before God. I think that that makes everything a little bit, be- it puts a little bit per- better perspective on everything. This is what I read this morning. Uh, it says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. Eek. Okay, guys, I am a podcaster. I'm obviously not very good at letting my words be few. I can talk for 20 minutes at a time. <laughs> so that's not my strong suit. But I think just remembering who I am before God. I love this line. Uh, it's verse two from chapter five, where it says, God is in heaven and you are on earth. Just remembering where I am before him and in relationship to him and how much I need him. I think that that is the best place for us to start as when we are trying to be people who are good receivers, to remember who we are in relationship before God. And what is so beautiful is that even though we are so small, like it says, we are on earth and he is in heaven. You know, there's another scripture I was reading in the Psalms yesterday. And David again and again writes, Lord, remind me what is the measure of my days. Remind me how fleeting I am. Remind me that I am a breath in this great big world that my days will come and go. So the idea that we are small, that we are a breath, and that God is eternal and everlasting helps put that in perspective. And even though that is true, we at the same time are so deeply loved by God that we can remember, you know, this is another one of those two truths that seem opposite but are not, where yes, we are teeny, 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 tiny on the, the just when we look at the length of eternity and how how big God is, we are so small in comparison to him. And yet the amount of love that he has for us is actually overwhelming, especially when we think of it in that context of how small we are. And I think that when we start from this place, if we, oh my gosh, if I am just thinking, if I could start every day remembering this, like if I could wake up and have this be my first thought every day, God is so big. I am so small. He loves me anyway. Like I would probably go through not just receiving, but my whole day really, really differently. And it makes me look at anything that comes to me, you know, reminds me that actually it is a gift from God himself. Uh, We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. (laughs) But so number one, you know, we have to remember that we are we can be humbled before the lord that that is the first when we're talking about how to be good receivers in this season we have to remain humble before god uh number 2 i was struck as i kept reading actually I felt like there's reminder after reminder in this book of Ecclesiastes, which is written by this really old king, uh, by the way, who had tons and tons and tons of wealth and then is now old and reflecting on his life. So that's kind of the context of this entire book from the Old Testament. It's like his personal journal as he goes through and reflects on these things. 
Uh, But he wrote in chapter 5, verse 11, as goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? He wrote later in verse 18, this is what I have observed to be good. (laughs) So this is what I've seen to be good after all my years, (laughs) that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. I think that there is some really good reminders throughout this whole book, but throughout the whole Bible, just remembering that as we are receiving stuff, that it is just stuff, that things are things, and that as goods increase, so do those who consume them. So what benefit are they to their own ones except to feast their eyes on them? That at some point, we don't need more stuff, necessarily. That's not the goal of registering. <laughs> you know, the goal of registering is, which is sounds so backwards, right? But the goal of setting up a registry is not to get stuff. The goal of setting up a registry is to say to friends and family, wow, it would be a huge blessing to me if you did this and I would be honored that this is like some of the things that we want to make a, to help set up our home together. And we would be honored if you would be a part of that process. So when we think of it, not as just receiving tons and tons of stuff, but of people trying to come alongside us in community, you know, I've been thinking a lot, um, there's that saying, there's a saying that's really popular. It's called, it, I think it goes like, it's, it takes a village to raise a child, <laughs> which is something that I've been thinking about as I've been preparing to have my first child. And I'm just realizing as people are throwing us these showers and giving us these gifts and just being so generous, that it's so true that the idea, it's not about how many boxes of wipes I receive as a gift, but it's people putting their stamp on a gift saying, hey, I support you. I see you. I love you. I want to be with you in community and I want to help you do this. I want to help you do this life. And I think that when we turn our eyes away from the items itself, we remember the intent behind them and the heart. So that's my second my second goal as a receiver is to always remember what it is and why it is that we're registering and you know the heart behind what we're getting. Um, number three, when it comes to being a good receiver, I think that we can follow the example of Jesus, who was both the ultimate giver and the ultimate receiver. Uh, I thought immediately of this story. It is in Luke chapter seven. So from the gospels, and you've probably heard it before. I'm going to read a couple chunks of it again, uh, but it is a woman. So again, from Luke chapter seven, I'm just going to dive in. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, um, so a Pharisee was a person who like really loved following the law, but sometimes kind of missed the point. (laughs) Um, So when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life, so I think that other translations will say that she was a prostitute. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. So a big jar of very expensive perfume. As she stood behind him, so she's standing behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Uh, Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. 
Uh, this story, I love it for many, many reasons. I love this woman. <laughs> but also one of the things that I love is how much she's just showing, showing, showing God that she loves him. And God is, the God of the universe is standing there letting this woman dump perfume on him, on his feet, and letting this woman cry on his feet. And I think that Jesus receives her love in this moment. Again, I call Jesus the ultimate giver and the ultimate receiver, that he is letting this woman pour out herself to him. And part of me wonders, like, was that uncomfortable? right? Or were were other people in the room uncomfortable? Like, have you ever seen someone show a ton of emotion in a room and then you kind of aren't sure what to do with it and you get nervous and like awkward? Like, I wonder if the other people felt really weird and weren't sure what to do. And Jesus is just standing there totally silent. It doesn't say that he says anything and he is completely receiving it. I think that there's something about Jesus and the way that he remains. So that's the word that comes to my mind. He remains in the moment. You know, we talk about, we talk a lot about uh, in our day and age about the idea of being present and being focused and being um, present with what is exactly in front of us. It seems to me that in this moment, Jesus was very present. (laughs) The ultimate example of someone being in the moment that they are in and not moving, even when it is maybe uncomfortable. And he just demonstrates that when somebody wants to bless us, we can let them. When somebody wants to bless us, we can stand there and receive it and let them. You know, we live in a culture that just perpetuates independence. So we say that we have to be able to do it on our own. We have to be able to make it yada, 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 right? (laughs) Like that is totally the idea of this American Western culture. And the gospel at its core, is really the opposite of that. The gospel is saying, I actually can't do life on my own. I need help and I need it from Jesus, my savior. And so I think that when it comes to being receivers as Christians, we are called to model to the rest of the world, right? We already have rejected some of this idea from American culture that we are supposed to be able to do it all on our own. And we're supposed to believe that we can actually be people who receive gifts really, really well. And again, I think that Jesus modeled this. And so we are called to model this as well. And we can look at the way that he does this. Uh, For number, for my next point, number four, I'm going to go back to the story. Actually, I'm going to keep reading. So she has now, you know, put perfume on him. She's wiping her feet with her hair, kissing his feet, poured perfume on them. And it says that when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him. He would know what kind of woman this was and that she is a sinner. So he's thinking to this guy is like thinking to himself, um, this guy must not be legit. Like, there's no way I would let that woman touch me. And then Jesus knows that he's saying this to himself and says, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. <laughs> I, I would think I would get kind of nervous if God came to me and said, Annie, I have something to tell you. <laughs> um, but So he says, tell me, teacher. And then Jesus tells a story. He says, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. So denarii, that's like a unit of money, like a dollar. But I think it was more than a dollar. (laughs) Uh, Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? 
Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, just as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So at the end, Jesus tells this story about just an example, a parable. They call it about um, someone who has been forgiven of a great debt, feels that forgiveness more than someone who only has been forgiven of a little. And he, when he's talking about this woman, he says, she knows. And this goes back actually to my our first idea of humility. This woman knows how much that she has done and she knows how much she has been forgiven of and she recognizes it. And so her response uh, to Jesus is so different. And so this is where we see Jesus then about to be the ultimate giver. This is like a foreshadow of that, that she knows that he is going to forgive all of her sins and die on a cross, right? She recognizes that he is the savior. And I think that this just circles back to the idea that when we remember who we are, not only, you know, I think first we have to remember who we are before God. And then second, when we take that attitude, we remember that we aren't actually more important than anybody else. And that changes the way that we receive as well. We aren't expecting people to celebrate us and honor us in that way. We don't need them to celebrate us for us to feel celebrated. It's such a funny, such a funny trick that we play on ourselves when we say, I'm only as celebrated as the number of people who come to my shower. And I'm saying that because when I was getting married, I played that game and it was not fun. It ended with me crying the day of my shower because I realized like this isn't actually going to fill me. You know, these people can't make me feel like I received enough, like I got enough presence or enough loved to feel worthy of this season. We have to go into the season first remembering, you know, who we are before God and that we are amazing receivers already of an amazing gift and that changes the way that we receive gifts from other people i hope that as you guys are listening to this that your hearts are stirred um i really love like i said this story of from luke chapter 7 of the woman just kneeling before god and pouring herself out and the way that jesus receives it is so beautiful to me um so i hope that you guys were encouraged by that and i hope that as you guys go into seasons of receiving gifts that you are able to be so present to stand in the way that jesus did to remember that you are humbled before him um to be people who you know see also the greater point beyond just getting stuff but are able to accept what people are trying to say when they communicate giving you a gift and i hope that all those things come together in a way that allows us to be really good receivers and really good models of this to the rest of the world uh, thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts or comments, I would love if you would reach out to me. And if you liked this episode, then please share it. You know, that is the best thing that you could do. The best gift that you could give me is to share it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you do your social media. 
the more people that can come into this season of wedding planning with uh, with scripture and with the Bible and with understanding how Jesus loves them, I think is going to be just a really good testament for the world of what it looks like to, a be- to be a believer who's getting married. So like I said, thank you. If you liked today, would you share it? Would you tell a friend? Uh, and I'm looking forward to next week. I'll be back next Monday and we will talk more. This is Annie Lavi with Wedding on a Hill. Thank you so much.